What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode of Scotch and Dumplings. Um, I'm here with my good friend, Christian McGowan. Um, you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Christian? I love the name, first of all. Uh, but hi, I'm Christian McGowan. Uh, I am a real estate investor here in Southern California. I've known Spencer since we were like pre-pubescent little boys, uh, honestly, but like 10 or 11. So it's been, it's been a good little bit of time now, but we are going to talk to you today a little bit of financial literacy stuff, investing, Marvel, sports, uh, some, some great content for you guys today. So thank you for having me on and, and a part of your process. Of course, dude. Um, so let's get into it. Um, first, I want to talk about real estate investing, uh, finance tips for people our age, um, and basically anything just like that. So I don't know if you want to just go ahead and get Perfect. into it. So I kind of tied the first two things in together. So like obviously financial literacy and real estate investing. So um, you know, obviously when you think of real estate, it's definitely more of an old man's game. You look at all the major players, uh, they're typically, you know, want to say like 50 to 70 older white men. Um, so it's definitely an industry that it doesn't have the perception of youth. Uh, but if you look at the past, let's say like five years, there's a lot of these like faces from tech. You have like Richard Garcia, who's a former Tesla and Facebook employee who now runs a firm very similar to ours where they offer real estate investing. Um, so it is starting to turn into more of a young man's game now. Uh, the reason is, is because there's a lot more um, millennials that are starting to think long-term. So like, what does that mean? You know, there's a lot of people who live like in the here and now, um, but there's a lot of people who are, who are thinking towards the future. And if you look at, you know, kind of our parents, you know, the people who were obviously better off now were the ones who saved, lived a little bit below their means. Maybe they bought a rental property and stuff like that. So kids, our generation, and especially me, um, coming from the type of family that I came from, you know, real estate was always ingrained kind of into my blood. So my grandmother, uh, I don't know if you've ever followed me on Instagram. So like my mother's from Greece, my grandmother's from Greece, my yaya, she's four foot seven, I'm six foot four. So she literally like is at my hip level. And she is a real estate mogul, never even graduated the equivalent of middle school in the United States. But she lives on a like massive, like $40 million real estate portfolio, you know, I'm 18 years old, scratching my head. Like, you know, I've never seen you work in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the secret. So kind of how they got their wealth was, um, you know, my grandfather worked, you know, he was an immigrant as well, worked on the front line at GM, never had any real education as well. And he did construction, you know, kind of in the off time. And so the money that they were able to save, they started buying property in the Westlake area, which at the time was not quite as nice start buying it in Santa Clarita, San Fernando Valley, places where people hadn't even started really living, you know, in the forties and fifties. And so now you fast forward to 2020, obviously Westlake, we know is like where the Kardashians live. Um, and San Fernando is, you know, uh, as LA kind of gets bigger, it's an area that's seen, you know, the Valley, San Fernando Valley, starting to see huge amounts of people move there. Cause it's, you know, outside of LA 30 minutes to get towards, you know, Beverly Hills, Hollywood. So, um, you know, that's how she was able to make her money was they saved, they were very disciplined, Every year they bought one house and renovated it because he knew construction, worked in construction. And so unfortunately, my grandfather passed away right around the time that I was born. And right at that time, 1995, you know, they had done enough in about the 30 years they'd been in America, where my grandmother, like I said, never worked another day in her life. She was just a landlord, very nice one too. She's never raised the rents in the past like six, seven years. Um, and so that's how my family really amassed their wealth in America was slowly but surely no education, just grinding nose to the grindstone and building that real estate portfolio. So as the second generation, or sorry, technically first generation American who saw my ancestors put in this hard work, I'm like, okay, how can I not do that and still get to the top? And so that's kind of how I found myself in real estate investing. Um, you know, I know it gets kind of a, an icky term because there's some people like the Donald Trump's, the, uh, the Donald Sterling's of the world, which are also in real estate and they don't always get the you know, brightest perception uh, in terms of their business dealings. So I was a little hesitant getting into the field, but there's a lot of people like Annie Dickerson, um, one of the leading females in real estate. She runs $500 million plus real estate syndication, very similar to what we do. Um, and she runs it above board. And, you know, I, I love her content, honestly. If I ever meet Annie Dickerson, I'll probably cry because I am like such a fan of her. If she ever hears this, I probably will feel the exact same way. Um, She's listening. I, she will. We're going to get the podcast there, but go to goodegginvestment.com. They run most, it's a, it's a geared towards women, women investors. So any ladies that are listening to this, 
there is a whole section of, of, you know, female investors and they're killing it. Honestly, one of the best portfolios out there. Um, but they, they offer something similar that we do. You know, we help people, regular everyday people get into bigger projects, million dollar houses, you know, $4 million apartment complexes, you know, for 25 grand, 50 grand, which isn't, you know, obviously it's a lot to, you know, the younger generation, but it really isn't that much. Once you start working, if you start saving, you know, if you live at home, it's a little easier. Um, but you know, that, that's kind of what we offer. So, you know, we give other people the opportunity to start investing in real estate at a younger age, at an earlier means and start building their wealth. And it helps us because, you know, we're kind of, you know, me, Christian, I'm in that same situation where, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, but I can't go buy a $4 million house right now, at least, you know, <laughs> you know, I can't put a down payment on it, but, yeah. um, so that's what we do. We partner with other people. We help them. They help us. It's a 50, 50, you know, we're not looking to make, you know, money off of other people's money. You know, we're putting in half of the skin they're putting in the other half and they know they're in the boat together with us. So, you know, maybe someday will I run a project where I have no money in the game and I kind of just take fees potentially, you know, I'd like to say in 15, 20 years, I'm going to be, you know, big man on campus and I can kind of command different deals. But at least right now, you know, I'm looking to partner with people, you know, make that generational wealth now at age 25. So that way I don't have to work on the friends. And I know I do respect the blue collar grind. I have a lot of friends. Um, you know, you look at like even Royce Iwanski, he's one of my main investors. Um, shout out Royce. I know you listen to this, you know, real hardworking guy. He just pumps his money into all his investments because he knows he doesn't want to do this forever. Your body can only give you so much. And he wants to be able to get out of the game at 35, 40, live off of his investments. And you know what, that that's the dream. And I want to do the same exact thing, but I want to help other people get to where they want to go. You know, I help all walks of people, all, you know, all walks of life type of people. I have someone who invests with me specifically to pay for their, their children's college. Two daughters that go to Arizona state, very, very expensive school. It's like 80 grand a year. I want to say between the both of them, you know, our investments help him pay that cost every single year. So it, it's a huge tool and something that I want more millennials to get into. And I, I see it every single day. You have like Robin hood, which is a huge, can be a huge tool for people our age to start learning about investing. It also can be a little bit dangerous if you have kind of the gamblers mentality and you start going for some more aggressive stuff, but investing now and the stuff that we do with like the Robin hoods and all that kind of stuff, you know, millennials are starting to really take, take kind of the market back. And there's a lot of stuff um, where Robin hood investors are swinging whole stuff, you know, American airlines with David Portnoy and the, the barstool brand, they were day trading, you know, that little event they had and they had American airlines shoot from $10 all the way up to 20. The stock basically doubled because of all the social media kind of awareness around it um, and how easy it is for regular people to buy 10 shares, 20 shares. Um, you know, usually you have a portfolio manager do that for you. So, you know, I, I really like, I get on our generation. I know you, you had hit me up. You're like, Dave, should I buy the Audi? Should I not? You know, I drive the same car that I do that I did in high school. You know, I have several rental properties. I have several passive deals that I'm doing in other, uh, other real estate ventures you know, I, I, outside of what you see behind me, like I don't buy myself anything. It's honestly a little cancerous. My boss is like, I'm a new closer work fucker. I pay you like, you yeah. look a little nicer, but you know, I, I would just to every single younger person who listens to this, like that new thing you need to buy, like that new, you know, looking like you're the richest person out there. You're, you're killing at your job. I'm telling you it's, it's, it's all fake. Like you're, you're better off putting that money in your 401k you know, starting another side business, um, you know, the whole podcast for the sports stuff truly started out of one, we were bored in college and two, we were trying to build an additional source of, uh, of income up until um, some stuff with the pandemic kind of slowed us down. You know, I was getting like a $300 check every single month. And then my company was also making like three or four grand every month on top of paying over 20 people to do a service through a live streaming app. And, you know, that was, I was being able to invest in everything. My whole Robinhood account is basically off of those dividends, you know, that second source of income. And I'm starting to think like, I'm getting these rental checks. I'm getting these, these other passive checks. Like I, you know, at 24, 25, I really thought to myself, I was like, I don't need to work for very much longer. Obviously I would like to, but I'm starting to see things forming. You know, I have my job, I have the rentals, I have the passive, I have my company, I have the stocks and I put money into all of that. And then that's what pays my bills. When I get a paycheck, I swear to God, none of it goes towards my bills. It doesn't come on my Chase account. I put it back into my IRA. I put it in my 401k. I do more passive real estate deals. And when, then when those pay me out, 
that's what I use to actually pay my rent. So that obviously saves me the hassle of, you know, spending money that I don't have. And as well, you know, when I have an expense that comes up and I like to use Crystalia, effing dentless, like all my expenses are dentless because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I have this $100 expense. Let me go invest $2,700 in this that'll pay me $100 and then I can go buy the Xbox or, or, or whatnot. So, you know, my biggest thing, I know I kind of talked for a little bit now, just reshape the way that you're thinking. Don't get a big check. And, and, you know, spend it right when you get it, like really start thinking about like, how do I set up systems of wealth to pay for my activities? Because you look at the rich people, they're not spending their paychecks. They're, they're spending the paychecks they get from their assets to go on vacation, to buy the Bentleys and the Ferraris, they're basically spending our money. You know, like when you go yeah. buy a Gucci purse, Mr. Gucci or Mrs. Gucci, that's what they, they used to go on vacation. It's OPM, other people's money. So, um, you know, I love finance. I really think that like, we don't have to work as long as our parents did. Like we can really flip the script, get financially literate. Don't look fake rich and be real rich later in life. And so you don't, don't buy know. like chains. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so I put a little disclaimer in there, depression and you know, sadness. And let's just be real men, our age, 19 to 29, the number one killer is, is suicide. So, you know, I say, nose to the grindstone grind 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 save 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 but also to buy stuff that makes you happy like the stuff behind me i come in when i'm sad i get into a fight with my girlfriend my cats don't like me i just come in here for a little bit and i play with my little gauntlets i literally go and i like play with them and it makes me happy so like obviously save but stuff like the chain stuff like style like if it makes you happy <clears throat> buy some things now don't go crazy with it but just you know and I'm not saying like tomorrow, sell all your stuff on eBay, get a third job and start selling like Mary Kay cosmetics. No, I'm not saying that. But slowly but surely, start, start doing little things, get a side hustle. Um, you know, you and I talked before about, you know, where you were kind of spending your money. So you ended up getting a job at the place you were spending your money. That's so Warren Buffett of you. Warren Buffett says, invest in the things. If you go to McDonald's, be a McDonald's investor. So every time you buy a Big Mac, it's like a cent goes back in your pocket. It's, it's all that kind of thinking. I know it sounds corny. It sounds like I'm trying to get you into a Forex scam. It's not. I really just want people to start making better money decisions <clears throat> and then go and start investing because when you invest in things, let's talk about like, you know, like the Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of like, you know, African-American, Latino, all, all kinds of minority owned companies and you can invest in them and you can help them reach their success while also making yourself rich. So I think there's a lot of good, I know capitalism gets a kind of a bad mark. Yeah. And, and it does, it gets very ugly when you start looking at where the money goes in the politics and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people who end up, you know, it can go even to like your grandma's sick and they have money for that, but like they can really change their life. And also too, you and I, where we work, you know, it's a process of people above us doing well, being able to hire people to basically do shit for them. Like, I'll be honest with you. I work with a lot of like high net worth people. I, I put some of these deals together, but also part of my job is just doing shit that my bosses don't want to do. And you know what? You know, I don't know if you see in the office, they call me the toilet. Just give me all the shit and I'll eat it up. <laughs> yum, yum. But honestly, like I don't mind it because I'm getting something out of it too. So yeah. that's my philosophy around finance, you know, flip the script. Don't be your parents. I mean, unless your parents are like LeBron, then obviously be your parents. Um, <laughs> but you know, just, just, you know, there's a lot of generational trauma that we've absorbed from our parents. And I think money and the taboo around money is one of them. Um, so I, just something that I want to break, you know, my dad was really great book for everyone, rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, he talks about how his dad was really educated, but super poor, similar to my situation. And then you see people not going to name names with some families we went to high school with, their dad can barely speak, but they own like a construction company and they're worth buku buku bucks. Like there's a difference between being educated and being rich. I just want to help bridge the gap for people. Um, I fucking love that book, dude. That was a fantastic Amazing. book. Um, I think, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I can, I think it was like crack cocaine. Like I, when I read that book, dude, like I honestly wanted to buy a Chrysler that night and just like, I don't know, just start being a bit, it's just, it's such great it's classified as a self-help book because it really is a lot of like men mentality type stuff. Um, and it, it's a must read. Honestly, if you, if you pay taxes, you need to read rich dad, poor dad. Like it's, you're, it's about time. I think the problem with like our generation and like 
investing and stuff is one that we don't really know like how to approach it. Like my parents, like, you know, my dad's a firefighter and my mom is like a doctor. Like I, you know, civil service, like, and they, and they always preach like, save your money, save your money. And like, I saved all my money, but like, it's just sitting there. It's not doing anything for me. And so the past couple of years, like I've been talking to more and more about like to my grandpa who turned like, I don't know, 10, $20,000 into a couple of million in the stock market over like obviously decades. But you know, he helped me start investing and like, I put like 10 grand into Robin hood and like, I've already made like three grand. So I've already made about 30% back, you know, like I, I, I wish like I had been taught this both sooner and more in depth. Um, I mean like in school or even like, you know, cause like stocks is just one aspect. Like I, like what you were explaining about how, how paying your bills with assets is the way to go. But I, I never would have thought of that. Like I never would come to the conclusion or like be able to come to that on my own and be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm not going to pay my bills with my paycheck. I'm going to invest that. And then when that pays me out, that's what I'll use to pay my bills. Like and that thought never would have crossed my mind. So like, if we brought, I feel like if there was a way to bring more awareness or more, you know, like attention to, to this type of stuff, it'd be much easier. And right. And I think that's a big thing that our generation needs is kind of that starting point, because I think we kind of get that, that millennial um, trait where we want to see instant gratification. We want to take 10 grand, turn it into 20, which is more like selling drugs than actually investing because doubling your money is, is almost impossible. It can happen. Sure. Um, but you know, I think we need to have a longer outlook on our investment strategy. Just like I think you said it was your grandfather um, or your, your uncle who had 20,000 or 30,000 invested and he turned it into several million dollars. I think the, the biggest thing for us is to go online, use those financial calculators, put in that 20 grand, you know, put in add $500 per month with an eight to 10% return, which is good. Not great. I can help you get 20 to 25 and just see where it takes you and see after 20, 30 years, I'm a multimillionaire. You know, I've, I'm huge on Quora. I've written a lot of responses or people, how can I be a millionaire? It really is putting $450 away for your entire working career, putting it into an IRA 401k that gets that five to 8% return. And you will be a millionaire in your lifetime. It just takes consistency. It takes not doing what we talked about earlier and, you know, spending outside of your means and you will be rich, you know, and you know, where, where do you start? I think the number one place you start is yourself is reading the book. Like we said, rich dad, poor dad, getting that financial education. You know, it probably wouldn't hurt to take a class or two at your local community college. You know, I don't know what you majored in or, you know, where you're at in your education. You know, I graduated from business school. So I have a little bit of knowledge. Obviously it's not, what do you invest in? What markets do you target? But, you know, I can read a financial, uh, you know, like a balance sheet. I can kind of look at good, you know, business transactions, but, you know, maybe take a class in investing, you know, I've, you know, don't go and pay 20 grand. Like, honestly, there's so much free stuff online. There's so many, you know, financial academies that you can follow that will teach you like very basic stuff. But I think we need to get out of like the, the, the day trading aspect because there's a difference between trading and investing trading is trying to take you know something that's worth two dollars and make four or five versus investing is how can i make 10 cents on every dollar that i have invested and flip that and continue just to compound that and you know where do you go um i think that you know your your family member who did that that is the ideal investor situation because to be honest with you your income, you know, maybe you'll make 50 grand a year, maybe you'll make a hundred grand, maybe you'll make a million dollars. What really matters is, is what are you investing in? Are you investing in, you know, long-term stocks? Are you investing in real estate like me with a look with a long-term outlook? Like get your money into something that's going to pay you. And like we talked about earlier, flip the script, buy things that pay you first. That way you can use that money and go buy something else and go and, you know, live your life and just know that, you know, as you come along, you know, talk about millennials specifically, we'll make more money at 30 than we will at 25. We'll make more money at 40 than we do at, you know, whatever age before, but you know, what are your investments doing money right now is worth more than money 20 years in the future. Cause you, you leave it invested. You have the compound interest. So why not start now? You know, I think a big thing that people are thinking of is, you know, I have a couple of friends that are like, you know, I'll start investing later. I'll start investing later. 
start now, start with a couple hundred bucks, start with a thousand, learn how money moves through the market, especially in a time like coronavirus. To quote Warren Buffett again, when people are fearful, be greedy. When people are greedy, be fearful. When people were running and getting toilet paper from the store, that's when I started pulling money. I started selling my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like literally any way I could get money. I went and started buying like McDonald's, Sony, stocks that I think that are going to be around for the next 100 years because they were 20 or 30% off. We're so easy to rush to Nike to target when there's a discount. But when there's a discount in the market, people are afraid. They're like, you know, should I, should I hide in my house? You know, is the end of days coming? So just treat the market the same way you would a consumer item. If you know it's a great product and it's on sale, buy it. Same thing with real estate. I think another big thing for us is we saw a lot of people lose money in 07 and 08 when the real estate market collapsed. I encourage people to look at the really big real estate investors because 07 and 08, they bought more property. They capitalized on real estate being so cheap. And that's how they made their generational wealth. I'm telling you, you don't need to work 50 years to retire you know, with a good nest egg. You need to make a few smart acquisitions throughout the years. You know, Maybe you hit big on one of them, but just continue this like slow growth in, in economics. They call it up and to the right. You look at a graph, you want your money to go this way. Just slowly but surely start that and you'll be very happy with where you're at at the end of your life. I think another problem too, maybe with like, our age is like that initial investment. They either don't have it or don't want to use that money for that investment. I like, again, like I wish I put the money that I did into the market at least a couple years earlier. Like, I think like, how would you stress the importance of like just making that leap and, and investing that money? Cause it's your future. Right. So you know, I think there's a couple steps first. I know you mentioned like, what would you do with a thousand dollars? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, bolster your savings account. I, I can't predict if you're going to break your leg, your mom's going to get sick. Um, your car is going to break down. So you're, you're going to need some money saved up. So get that savings. But once you have your first a thousand dollars that you don't mind losing, obviously you, you'll be upset if you lose it. But like I said before, dentless, take that first dentless a thousand dollars. And this is what I would do with it. I would split it straight down the middle. I'd take $500, go into a Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, one of those like, you know, no fees. They're just going to like, let you do it. Look through all the material and buy either one full stock or buy fractional shares of a stock that pay you dividends and that grow. So that way you can just see like when a good earnings report comes out, you know, how much are my dividends? How much is the stock growing? And just, just learn money movements. You need to know the way that money moves. It's, you know, obviously, like I say, stocks go up, real estate goes up over time, but really see and like, see how the sausage is made. You know, when they release the Travis Scott burger from McDonald's, they're going to have their best quarter they've ever had. So look for stuff that happen. you know, PS5 with, with Sony and the Xbox or Microsoft, see how that affects their stock, see how that affects their dividend. So that way you can start to see how, like I said, how the sausage is made, how, you know, businesses make money because maybe you think of an idea for your own business. Maybe you think, okay, you know, we're going towards a plant-based food. So uh, McDonald's isn't it. And like beyond meat is, is the next thing. So just, just start to see and start to get your own ideas about the market and then just talk to people and, you know, learn from there. And that next $500, you know, go take a class, go honestly take, you know, do what you can go on LinkedIn, try to find a mentor and take them out to lunch and use that $500 and take them out to lunch and just pick their brain, ask them what they would do at your age and really spend the next $500 on yourself, educating yourself. Um, like I said, whether it's classes, I wouldn't spend too much on classes. I think there's a lot, like I said, out there for free. Um, but I, you know, a networking group, a, a Toastmaster club that's going to, you know, let you meet people and speak, really start learning how to invest in yourself because Obviously, like I said, 20, 25% return, like what I can kind of do, it's towards the higher end of returns. But if you invest in yourself, that's where you can kind of see like the, the 3X, 5X, 10X um, kind of you know, money on your return as you invest in yourself. And then you can either work more efficiently, you know, or you can, you know, start a new business, whatever that, that kind of looks like. But don't be afraid to spend money on yourself for educational purposes. You know, college, high school, wherever you stop. That is not the end of your learning. You're in the real world now. As you mentioned earlier, high school does, you do the little stock trader thing and, and half a semester of, of economics class, but doesn't teach you how to pay bills. You know, really start learning. My aunt is a great example. She never graduated high school. She made it to postmaster uh, general here in Santa Monica, but she took investing classes at the community college. 
and she's been able to well surpass what she made because she put in some good investments over the years. Now she's retired in government. You get the pension. She's basically investing her pension and lives off her 401k. Like if you get to that lifestyle, I'm telling you, you can go to Vegas, you can lose five grand and you won't dentless. You won't feel it because you have all of these systems of wealth. Just it, it literally is like you've ever eaten at like a Brazilian steakhouse or a hometown buffet. It's like literally food is coming to you and you, you, you just can't eat it fast enough. That is the goal with investing is just to have, you know, like, like, um, it's like a stripper almost, but just like, you know, like cash is just, is just hitting, you, you know, I, if I had the body for it. I would do it, but you know, I'm a little gelatinous. So real estate investing is, is my, my motive of making money. But you know, that is, that is the goal is, is to, to have everything get taken care of by your investments. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, let's move on to sports, uh, basketball. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on this past season, uh, next season, who are some of your favorite players, people to look out for. Let's get into it. So I just want to give props real quick to the GOAT, LeBron, and then the GOAT who just passed on, Kobe Bean Bryant. May his soul rest in peace. May his daughter's soul rest in peace as well. I think that is the, you know, you talk about the shittiest 2020 has gone, and now you have a lot of positive things going on in the world the Los Angeles Lakers and I'm a huge Lakers fan. I'm a homer for all LA sports. DM me. I don't care. We can fight in person. I am LA sports till I die. SC Dodgers took it home this year. Like don't even mess with me, but this NBA season, it was LeBron James on a mission to, and the Lakers as well to win this championship for Kobe Bryant. You can say coronavirus, the bubble, you know, all, all of these things combined, it, you know, it's a fake championship. Screw that. This is the year when people needed to be their toughest and the Lakers were true veterans. They were true adults. They had no excuses. They pushed past everything. They pushed past the hurt being away from their family. So I, you know, I'm so happy for them. Congratulations to the bus family. Jeannie, people don't realize this is Jeannie bus. The owner of the Lakers had to fire her brother and then get magic Johnson to come in and clean house. So that way LeBron could come here. How many of you do you really think you could fire your own brother who is a part owner? He's still an owner of the Lakers. You had to fire your brother at the job he had so that way you could win a championship. Genie Bus, big clit energy. Like you are my queen, my fire, my one, my desire. Shout out to them for winning the championship. It's done. That season is over. There's no more, there's no more clippers. Don't want to hear it. We're on to 2021. So teams that I like for 2021. Lakers are still going to be the number one going into next year. I don't think the Clippers are the biggest threat to the Lakers. I think it's actually the Golden State Warriors. I think we forgot about them because they were all injured last year. Steph Curry is still a bad man. Klay Thompson is very, very good too. Great defender, great shooter. And you have to remember, they have the number two pick in the upcoming NBA draft that happens a week from today, I want to say. Um, you know, So they have the number two pick. Could they get LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball's brother? Could they get a seven foot center who shoots three pointers, which just scares me to death. You know, they have a lot of flexibility, but I think the Warriors, you know, they're much better shooters and not as big as the Lakers. I think that gives us problems. I'm not scared about Kawhi Leonard, the off brand Lakers, the, the, the Safeway version. I'm not scared about them. I'm scared about the dudes who have shot three pointers at a legendary level who have the number two pick who have a hall of fame head coach. And honestly, they're probably, their starting core is probably a little bit better than the Lakers when you talk about one through five. Draymond Green as well, a great like eight, eight and eight, eight points, eight assists, eight rebound type player. Um, I think they give the Lakers fits. I don't think they use that number two pick. I think they trade it. They get some more guys who can kind of play um, at the mid-level, kind of backup level players. Um, yeah, I think that they're good. I think the the Bucks too on the East are another really great team. Like I said, my family's from Greece. We love Giannis. My, my nice. Yaya, every time I go, she goes, did you see Giannis? 30 points, 10 assists, <laughs> love rebounds. And she never went to one of my football games. Like, doesn't even conceptualize American sports, but, like, loves Giannis. He has done so much for the Greek culture. Shout out Giannis. Um, but, you know, he's kind of stuck there uh, in Milwaukee. Um, I'm hearing that they're trying to trade for uh, Chris Paul, potentially Bradley Beal. So, I think they'll get a number two in there, but I honestly think Giannis in 2021 at the end of next season is going to force his way out of Milwaukee, you know, and go get traded to the Lakers or the Warriors or even the Celtics, who I think um, are another great young team in the NBA. 
Um, but I'm very excited for this 2021 season. It starts December 22nd. So we're only going to be 71 days without basketball in our lives. So that's pretty exciting. I know that the vets are probably hurting right now because two months is not, <laughs> not enough time with your family. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think there'll be some fans and maybe like the kind of the Southern cities. I don't expect West coast, East coast um, to have fans anytime soon. Obviously Pfizer announced they have a 90% effective vaccine and get FDA um, certification at the end of this month. So potentially we could all be vaccinated up by the playoffs, but I wouldn't expect fans in a Laker stadium this year. I, when there's a parade in LA though, I, if any of you guys are LAites or you're from nearby, you need to come because we're going to parlay the Lakers and Dodgers. It's going to be one parade. We're all going to be vaccinated. We're all going to be drunk. How many kids are going to be born out of this? I don't know, <laughs> but it's going to be insane. I'm going to party. If it's only me and like three people, I don't give a shit. I have so much pent up F boy energy that I need to like let out from my team's winning that I just, I I'm so excited and I'm excited for, you know, kind of life getting better and kind of all that's kind of going on right now. Awesome. Uh, any like players that you think people should keep an eye out for in the next season? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think guys like um, Luka Doncic, who is the the guy from Dallas, he's only like 21, 22. I think he makes a run at the MVP next year. You know, I think MVPs are in his future, but I think next year kind of starts. I think we're going to move off Giannis. I love Giannis. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. He's kind of choked two playoff runs now. So I think the perception in him in the media, we can't, we can't love Giannis until he wins an NBA championship. He, he wins the regular season, but does nothing else. A big move I, I think could happen is James Harden to the 76ers. So the 70, the Houston Rockets head coach, Mike D'Antoni is now the 76ers head coach. I think there's a good chance that they go and they try to make a move. Joel Embiid is, is amazing. Ben Simmons is, is awful outside of playing defense and kind of passing the ball. Um, so I think that could be a huge move. I think Chris Paul is done in OKC. He did his job. The rebuild is done. They need to get the old guys out, let the young guys kind of play and grow um, and kind of go about it that way. So um, Chris Paul, I think Bradley Beal from Washington, you know, uh, John Wall, do the John Wall. He tore his Achilles two years ago, and they haven't really been able to kind of get past that. Um, so I think he could be on the move. And then I think that's it. I think this offseason will have some guys who are like B minus, B plus kind of move. But I think all the A plus players, they're going to go at another run for the championship. Golden State, you know, outside that pick, they're going to be the same team. Um, but like the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, I've heard Russell Westbrook potentially to the Clippers um, and Paul George. I hate Paul George. Screw I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> He's so, he says he's from LA. Dude is from Palmdale. When has Palmdale ever been – even Santa Clarita, I'm from LA, mm, barely. But you say you're from Palmdale, like 45 minutes even more north in the desert. Bro, you are not from LA. You are a desert brat. I don't want to hear about it. And that's why you're a Clipper. But I think that um, yeah, I've been hearing a Russell Westbrook trade um, to the Clippers um, is possible, and they're, they're already kind of discussing it. So um, that I think would be the biggest move possible in the NBA next year would be that trade. Cool. Um, let's move on to our final topic. Marvel. Love it. Um, so who, if you could play any character in the Marvel universe on film, who would you play? So obviously like sexual orientation aside, I would be Scarlet Witch. I think like her powers are really so incredibly awesome. Yeah. You'll see in, in the, the show coming out with her, you know, just how powerful she is, but she has the power to like, bend space and time you know if i had that ability you know i i would love to to kind of play that now if i had to go with someone with my own gender you know captain america that's america's ass like you know that is like the the meta you know iron man is cool but captain america you know i would love to uh to run around there with molnir i don't know if you can see it i got the hammer somewhere back there i definitely uh yeah if you've seen endgame captain america gets to wheel around the hammer that that would be that would be my uh my go-to on that but scarlet witch man i'm telling you she is a badass i can't wait for this show coming up it is going to be the disney shows all the ones that disney plus is producing they're going to be incredible they're going to be like the mandalorian it's not going to be a tv show it's going to be like hard-hitting seven hours of like one hour episodes and a couple and million like, dollars an episode yeah oh yeah I, you know i'm like i said i'm a, I'm a huge nerd the, the disney crew they spent almost a billion dollar on this room i want to say it's called the forge and so 
the Mandalorian is shot all inside this one room where the CGI gets edited onto the screen as they're moving. So no one's going back. Maybe they're doing an editing, but it's they basically set up the setting. And as the characters walk, the computer edits them kind of into the setting. So the Mandalorian was the first show they did it for. Obviously, it was a success. So all of the new Marvel Disney Plus shows are going to be shot in that same room. So you're going to see the cinematic value of a lot of these movies start to upgrade because you spend a billion dollars on something, it better effing work. And and Disney is, they're very good. They, they have the, uh, the, I don't know if you know this, the face technology where they make you look younger. It's proprietary oh. to Disney. So no one can use that outside of Disney. So you see like Samuel Jackson in, in the Captain Marvel movie where he was 20 years younger. That's proprietary technology that Disney is developing in-house and other people can't use that. So just these little things, you know, as, as you watch these movies, realize that these big companies, they're really trying to make things look more real. And you look at these like inner, because Marvel's going, you know, galactic. It's going to be all space stuff, you know, going forward. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be, you know, you go to the movie, have a drink or two, you might need to like chill the F out because it's going to look pretty trippy and I'm all there for it. I've actually seen pictures of the Forge. It's, it's like a, like a, 360 like virtual set almost right right and they basically like keep it up and film around it right is that yeah so the camera there's a camera that's mounted and it kind of goes around but yeah 360 green screen and then the computer edits and you know like you step on sand it'll like edit like your foot you know moving the sand to the side or crazy you know whatever the ships fighting or whatnot you know it's it's incredible and that's how these shows too you know the Mandalorian, it came out in November of last year, and then it's out November of this year. It only took a full year to shoot. So it's going to cut down, you know, some of this time because editing, as you even seen you know, editing a podcast, imagine editing CGI and, you know, all this, all this other stuff. It makes it a lot easier having the computer take the wheel yeah. uh, and kind of do it in, in real time. So that way it's less editing. It's, it's more real, even though it's a completely unreal environment that you're around. So what is the WandaVision show about? So there's obviously more theories about the plot than there are like actual, you know, set in stone knowledge. Um, But what people are kind of going on is, so Vision died in the Infinity War. Thanos rips the thing out of his head. So people are thinking that, you know, Vision's going to be dead. And like I said about um, Scarlet Witch's power, she can completely manipulate the entire environment. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the comics, they're going to go with the House of M storyline where, you know, Wanda basically puts herself in this own dimension. She thinks, you know, she kind of conjures up these two kids that she has and she kind of brings back to life her husband and they're going to kind of live in this pocket dimension. And, you know, I think that the story is going to be about her, you know, realize, I don't think she realizes what she's done. I think she did it out of trauma, um, you know, from losing her, her husband and vision. And she's going to kind of create this own reality um, parallel to ours where she lives in it with him as you've seen in kind of the promotional material it'll be like one episode will be a sitcom one episode will be like uh, dramatic tv and so it's going to be really different she's going to be kind of losing her mind and many people think this is how the mutants get introduced into the marvel cinematic universe is in the house of m storyline uh, wanda is so strong that she takes away everyone's mutant powers so in theory she's strong enough to give everyone mutant powers so People are thinking that this is how Disney's going to segue into that multi-billion dollar purchase they had of Fox, where they bought all of their intellectual property. They bought the New Mutants Disney film. Um, so that's going to be part of the, the incorporation, because if you have mutants in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where have they been during Thanos and kind of all these other encounters? So they think that Wanda and kind of her powers, either she creates mutants or she kind of merges realities where the Fox universe gets merged into the, you know, the one that we've been seeing with, you know, the Avengers and all that. So that way you can have someone like a Hugh Jackman go into a film and it's like, he's always been there. He's just been in his own reality with Deadpool and kind of these other characters. I think that'll be an easier transition than to be like, no, they've always been here or I just kind of made them up. You know, I think it's going to be, you know, they've teased the multiple dimensions. They teased it with Dr. Strange, you know, uh, with the Spider-Man film, that there's all these different realities, which if you go to the comic books, there's a thousand realities. You go to the, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie that Sony had. In their universe, there's thousands of different versions of you doing whatever. So I think that's going to be more common as we go along because they paid money for those, those IPs for a reason. 
They're going to, we talked about uh, Mr. Fantastic with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. They're going to use those properties. They're just finding ways to make it seem organic in the storyline because they keep great continuity from film to film. They're not going to do something stupid and, and just throw them in there. Like it's going to be a, a smooth transition into all the things they bought from Fox, which is the X-Men, which is the Fantastic Four, Deadpool, and a number, I can tell you these purchases, they're purchasing thousands of comic book characters. It's not just the big ones that you see. They're buying small characters that are going to be used in like little scenes here and there. Adam Warlock was one of them. Um, There's just going to be so much. You're a comic book fan. You are going to be, you're going to get your money's worth in these next couple of years. That's actually exactly what I want to talk about. Like I've heard that because we're in phase four now, right? Of the Marvel yes. Cinematic Universe. So uh, Doctor Strange and I think with the new Spider-Man, that's where they like really are going to introduce it, right? Because I've heard that Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland are going to meet. I don't know if he's going to fight like the Sinister Six or something, but I also heard that Hugh Jackman is going to make a cameo as Wolverine in the new Doctor Strange movie once he opens that multiverse. So yeah, I'm sure uh, there's no, it wouldn't make sense to acquire that stuff and not start to use it and introduce these, their versions of the characters or. No, I, I agree. And, and what you said about Andrew Garfield, um, you know, that has been teased for a while that Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire would reprise their roles. It'd be a similar kind of multiverse type thing. So that's still kind of being theorized, but it's a hundred percent confirmed that, um, sorry, that um, Jamie Foxx will reprise his role from the Andrew Garfield film where he'll play Electro. But he won't be blue. But he won't be blue, but he will be the exact same character. So I think that is kind of the the smoking gun where we kind of bring in Garfield and kind of these other people because it's why would they go after the exact same actor for the exact same role? Obviously, you had Ryan Reynolds who did it with Deadpool. He was Deadpool in the the Logan film. Yeah, Yeah, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, and then now he reprises his role as the actual Deadpool with the Merc with the mouth and he actually can talk shit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of those rumors are going to be true. Um, I just, I'm excited to see how they do it because they've done such a good job in kind of introducing these characters. Like you said, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, that is going to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first horror film. So it's going to be scary. It's going to be like little bit of mind bendingness. Um, you know, if you went, I, I actually saw my first movie in eight months. I went to Thousand Oaks and I saw X-Men New Mutants, which was a horror film. That was a test to see audiences. How do they receive a scary kind of, you know, uh, superhero film? And it was actually, you know, 3.9 stars out of five. So basically a B, you know, C plus type rating for a film that was done by Fox. Fox made shitty films. Disney makes really, really good films. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see how they take all of these characters and, you know, kind of just use them for the better. It's like, like I said, we go to sports. It's like, you know, the Lakers just got, you know, James Harden and Giannis. It's just like the superstar kind of thing right now. And that's, that's where we're going. So I'm excited. Phase four, they've already confirmed all the way to phase six that they're going to do. So with, with whatever you're expecting now, it's going to be at least, you know, how they prepared Thanos. There's going to be another villain that they prepare for. Is it Galactus? Is it, you know, they've already said King the Conqueror is going to be the villain of Ant-Man 3 and King the Conqueror is um, Mr. Fantastic's son who ends up becoming, you know, super smart and a villain in the future. So just so many possibilities, but they are nowhere near close. I heard an inside source rumor, wink, wink, Twitter, um, that said that once you see um, the X-Men come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there will be 10 more years of films they already have planned from that point that are in their pipeline. So it's going to be a long thing. I know my daddy's like, oh, there's so many Marvel films. I can't keep up with them. Okay, Boomer, you know, buckle in because it's going to be a wild. <laughs> yeah, buckle up, yeah. It is going to be, you're going to be calling me every single movie to get, get a synopsis of what's going on because it is going to get deeper. That's what she said. It's going to get more, you know, the, the plot's going to get thicker and I'm in for it. I love it. I can handle I like the fact that movies now are serialized TV. I love in kind of the world and the story grows and it kind of like goes in and out of itself. I like it. I I think maybe it's more of a younger person thing. We can kind of keep up with it, but you know, movies are becoming more like TV and TV is becoming more like movies. And we're going to see this awesome middle ground where you're going to get like a Game of Thrones and then you're going to get a Marvel, Star Wars, all those kind of Jurassic Park is doing it now. 
we're going to get to get these films and they're kind of you know obviously they're, they're kind of bleeding these ips dry of all of their you know kind of available storylines but i'm here for it i love extended lore dude i used to read like star wars books and like lord of the rings books that like describe all the background stories like there, there's more people like me than than i thought out there and that's kind of who these big franchises are serving is dorks like me that have shit like this <laughs> in their in their office yeah there's uh there's only one more thing i want to talk about um so they've already started casting a lot of the next phase um i saw that oscar isaac was going to be moon knight um and stephanie beatrice i think her name is from brooklyn 99 is going to be the new Ghost Rider. yes um is there have you heard of any other ones being casted already so in terms of the marvel ones um so yeah as we talked about john krasinski emily blunt um as the you know mr and mrs fantastic um i've heard that potentially the the rock or one of the wwe stars could be the thing um you know and the the rock is doing black adam right now which is the the follow-up to shazam in the dc universe so he's kind of tied up with uh with that so um you know I, i can't name you off the top of any of these like um mega castings i do think that oscar isaac and the moon knight you know the moon knight is basically like batman for the mcu so you know that's going to be a huge one um I want to say Adam Warlock. Uh, I've heard that. I don't know if you watch Blue Mountain State, but the guy who played Thad Castle, um, okay. the blonde guy, could could be Warlock. Um, I've heard Keanu you know, Reeves is being looked at for Adam Warlock. So Keanu Reeves has like signed on, and same thing actually with Shia LaBeouf, is they've signed on to play like undisclosed Marvel character, which you know people are kind of assuming is you know one of these you know other type characters. Um, but, you know, I think that people are going to kind of get their time to shine. Um, you know, I, I'm even trying to rack my brain. You have Angelina Jolie, who's also one of the Eternals. Uh, and that, that new Eternals movie, I mean, it's a star-studded cast. Like, every single person there is a, a big actor in another film or TV show. So, um, you know, Marvel is one of those movies where, like, people obviously auditioned for back in the day. But now Marvel kind of approaches you and, you know, kind of tries to find people that they think would, would suit their roles. Um, someone that I actually heard was, um, I, I forget her name all the time. She's the lady who married uh, the prince in England. She used to be on Suits, uh, the actress, Meghan Markle. Um, I've heard for a long time that she's, her and Bob Iger, who was the former president. Um, I don't know if you know Kelly Chapek. We went to high school with yeah. her dad is, is the, the president. CEO, our president. Yeah, that's unbelievable bro it, it blows my mind she, i think she runs their twitter or like their marketing department so shout out to kelly killing it um but still you know i think that the names are only going to roll out like the ips roll out it's going to be you know i've heard hugh jackman as wolverine but i've also heard that they're casting for someone in their 20s to 30s to play wolverine because hugh jackman said that his body can't physically hold the weight that it, it takes to be wolverine so if he's coming back it's going to be in an old man wolverine uh, like we saw in Logan, where he's kind of out of shape, he's kind of older. Um, so I think that's a storyline to watch. But man, oh man, I, I am excited. I, Warlock is someone that I have, you know, he was one of the people to have the Infinity Gauntlet in the uh, in the storyline. So uh, you know, I, I'm excited. I think this is uh, this is going to be huge. I would love to see the uh, you know, there's the X Men Apocalypse film. I would love to see Apocalypse actually come back. I, I think Oscar Isaac actually played Apocalypse. Um, I think you did. I want to say, um, but you know, I, I just want to see that kind of stuff. I love the X-Men, X-Men. Like I grew up on like the animated Spider-Man and like the animated X-Men. So, you know, I can't wait. Also too, um, Sony has the Morbius film. Uh, there's Blade coming out with, uh, uh, Ali, the, the, gen- the larger black gentleman, uh, Maharshala Ali is his name. He'll be Blade. Um, so there's just so many things that are coming out, man, that I am, I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, it's honestly like a nerd's paradise. Like it's going to be, when COVID, seriously, is COVID, yeah, pushed back so many things. People have to realize that once stuff comes back, it's going to be like one or two months and these things, Black Widow's going to roll out. You know, the TV shows, we have the Captain America, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show that's basically done filming. You have Star Wars, you have Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan um, series the coming show. out. The Loki show as well. Um, I, I've heard, I don't know if you're in a Star Wars 
that another Star Wars adaptation of Rebels is, you know, either they're, they're deciding whether it's going to be live action or animated. I hope they go animated because they do a great job. Um, but Ahsoka Tano's return, um, they have Rosario Dawson casted as her. She's officially going to be in The Mandalorian at some point this season. So we'll see if she was in the trailer, I think, wasn't she? I do not remember if she is. I'm going to be upset at myself. I'm going to go on YouTube and go down a black hole for an hour. Um, but I know she's confirmed to be in this series. You know, people like, uh, you know, Boba Fett. Spoiler alert, episode one of Mandalorian season two. I Boba lost Fett. my shit when I saw Me him. Too. I waited till it was like, it was like one o'clock in the morning because I waited up to watch it. And I'm literally like, uh, for, first of all, uh, Timothy Oliphant, who played Danny Cordray in The Office, who was Cobb Vance. He's like, fantastic. Love him. And, th- and that's what Star Wars is going to start being. You're going to start having these people who come in like, hey, let me play this side character. And when you have these big actors and these side character roles, it's going to be pretty cool. So, you know, I-, I love John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who are kind of the creators behind not only Mandalorian, but Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series. If you love Star Wars, I swear to God, the animated stuff is way better than the movies. I, trust me, it's a lot. It's a lot of episodes, but it is worth it. There are better stories. If you love Darth Maul, Darth Maul doesn't die in the first film. I hate to break it to you. He comes back like herpes so many times throughout the Star Wars universe. George Lucas said today that he wanted Darth Maul to be the main villain in movies seven, eight, and nine. Um, but he didn't have as much control. Disney bought Lucaster film and then did seven, eight, and nine. Um, there's just so I can go on for days, but Star Wars, Marvel, there's so much stuff in the pipeline. You literally, when COVID is over, you'll be stopped too much. But I'll say, give me more. I can't can't get enough. Awesome, dude. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's been super insightful with finance and basketball and Marvel, and it's been a it's been a great time. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me uh, spew my psychotic thoughts <laughs> on Marvel and real estate conspiracy theory. So I appreciate you, man. I always wishing you the best. I know this podcast is going to kill it. Your music career is going to take off, brother. Like, you know, blessings on blessings are happening for both of us. And I can't wait to see what we're going to do in the next couple of years. Of course, dude. Awesome. Thank you.